The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is Cop Talk. Talking crime, cases, and backing the blue. Now, here are your hosts, Captain Ed Mamet and Detective Kevin Schroeder. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cop Talk. My name is Kevin Schroeder, retired NYPD detective, and I'm here with my co-host, retired Captain Ed Mamet. Hello, WABC listeners. Today, we have a dear friend of mine who is our guest. I know him 28 years, and he has a background in law enforcement, and it's my pleasure, our pleasure, to have him on the show today. Thank you, Ed. Yes, our guest today is a very good friend of Captain Ed, and his name is David Betts. And he's a retired lieutenant. He was director of operations for Southampton Village Police Department. Welcome, David. Thank you. Very nice to be here. Just tell us a little bit about your background, your law enforcement experience. Sure. So I, uh, I came on a job in 1981 after taking six or seven police exams. My last exam, there were 20,000 people that took it. I ended up, it was a very lucky Saturday for me. I wrote a 96. I got hired by the village. I spent the next few years... Uh, like everybody, trying to climb the ladder. So in my job, I was a uh, patrol officer. I did some plain clothes work, got promoted to sergeant, detective sergeant, and then I made a lieutenant after 15 years, and I retired as a lieutenant. Now, how many uh, member of service did he have with Southampton Police Department? When I was there, there were about 28 people. And 28. Then, they, then they had seasonal help and traffic control people. So in the season, you'd add probably another 10 or 11 people. And now in Southampton, how does the... Uh law enforcement work uh, with all the different police agencies, you know, from the uh, city, state, as well as um, uh, the towns and the village? So we have about seven square miles of patrol area, and we're we're bordered by Southampton Town Police, and of course the state police are there. So we have always had a good relationship with those two agencies. Suffolk County, uh, we used to rely heavily on some of their major case operations like homicide. They would come out and help with that. Major case scenes, they would come help process that kind of stuff because we just didn't have the volume to do it, you know, to the best of everybody's ability. So we always got along with everybody. Um, the DA's office have their investigators. They helped once in a while as well. So pretty good relationship with everybody. Now. It's a summer, you know, resort. It's a, res- uh, a summer town, basically. I mean, it's known for, you know, uh, rentals in the summertime and people renting and a lot of parties, I'm sure, go on. Now, with all that said and done, how many personnel will they hire? Will they step it up in regards to the summer uh, time versus the winter time? So we used to try try and hire at least seven or possibly eight seasonal police officers. But with the changing criteria for training and all that, it became more difficult. And of course, you're only hired from the end of May to the beginning of September. So it, it's become increasingly difficult to hire those kinds of people. Are they armed? The, the folks yeah, oh, absolutely. They're full uh, full certified police officers. They're not just out there writing summonses. They actually enforce the law, correct? No, they actually attend the police academy. And currently, if you want to be the one of the seasonal officers, you have to go through through, I believe it starts in October and it ends in May. And it's uh, every Saturday and Sunday, a couple of evenings a week at the Suffolk County Police Academy. So they get their hours in for sure. What makes your area somewhat unique is the fact that it's surrounded by water on all sides. 
And New York has a similar situation where we have, you know, the Hudson River on one side, the East River on the other side, and we have the, uh, the Bay. How does that affect policing where you are? I, I imagine that you have problems that are very different from many other police agencies because of the water. Well, it it's certainly adds to the complications. So we have land-based patrols for the ocean beaches. We don't have a marine patrol, but Southampton Town has their bay constables, and we have the Coast Guard. So we've never had a specific marine patrol, but we do pretty well with ocean rescues on the beaches with our patrol units. And if we have a problem, uh, Southampton Town will respond or uh, the Coast Guard, and they're pretty efficient. Coast Guard. Are they very involved during the summer? Well, they're involved to the extent if we if we need them or we have a missing swimmer or that kind of thing, they'll come out and help search. But they don't specifically patrol the village because most of their vessels are deep water draft, so they're on the ocean side. When I think about where you are, I think about Jaws, the sharks. <laughs> so that movie, that was uh, not too far from where you were, right? That took place. Or at least fictitiously. We have shark sightings, and actually what they've done, um, last year they started working on drone patrols, so they would have people out with drones and keeping track of the beaches that way. It was pretty innovative. The uh, The captain out there is doing a pretty good job. Another area thing I want to talk about, what makes uh, your area unique is the uh, fact that the rich and famous are there. Uh, many of them have homes that they s- visit on the weekends during the winter, and then they spend most of the summer there. And that is uh, something that has always fascinated me, because policing in an area like that has to be quite different than New York, because the people leave New York and go out to where you are. Can you talk about that? Well, sure. We have uh, a lot of very high-profile people that live in the village of Southampton. Usually in presidential election years, you'll see the candidates, they almost always stop into the village, so there's some very wealthy people. There, I, I've never really had any issue with any of those guys and uh, their families. It's they're regular people. They enjoy their uh, summers out there, and everything is uh, pretty normal for me. I mean, I'm used to it, also. So, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Well, how do you deal with the quality of life issues? Because I know that when I've been out there with you, one of the complaints of the locals is that they can't get into the supermarkets because the invaders from the city are there. The stocks run out. There's, you, have, you have these major traffic problems during the summer. It's like another world in the summer. Well, it definitely gets busier. I think our population goes from around 4,500 year-round population to probably around ten or 12,000 people. So it is a big, huge you know, an enormous jump. But uh, honestly, people kind of get used to it. It's just, it's life. That's uh, it's a great village. Uh, people come there. They have a good time. For the most part, they're well-behaved. David, how has the uh, crime changed in Southampton? Is it uh, is crime up or down? Is it safer than it was? Well, I would say it's probably a little bit safer. Uh, years ago, we had everything from the Jamaican posse selling drugs. One of my assignments was with the Suffolk County District Attorney's drug task force and uh, everybody assigned a person there and we would go out and work undercover and and, uh, buy drugs and all that. So it's we have everything from street-level narcotics to, I would imagine, the other end of the spectrum, high-level financial crimes that have probably, you know, been orchestrated out there. But as far as I'm aware, there's nothing really earth-shattering at the moment. You know, when I was there, drugs were really a problem. Occasionally, you'd have a burglary spree that, you know, they do 10 or 12 burglaries and you'd eventually 
they'd make a mistake or you catch them or you get some good physical evidence. Um, but I don't think it's anything out of the ordinary. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's I think it's a normal village and it has crime. Is there a task force out there, like a DEA task force or any narcotics task force working in Hamptons? So Suffolk County, Ray Tierney, the DA out there has the East End Drug Task Force. Um, their original mission when Patrick Henry was the district attorney was street-level narcotics. I'm sure they've expanded. I do see arrests from time to time in the paper, but uh, they're pretty active, and they, they do a pretty good job. Now, I'm sure in a small town there's some pluses and minuses working in a small town like Southampton. So what are some of the pluses, and also what are some of the minuses? So I, uh, I actually had a choice. Um, when I was appointed by the village, I was actually appointed on my birthday, and simultaneously— it was amazing. I took all these exams. I'm about to be appointed to the village. They appoint me. The town calls me. They want to appoint me. And then the county started my background investigation. So uh, for me, I, I like the, the, the smaller job. The good thing about the smaller job, from what I see, equipment is never a problem. We, we have some of the best equipment that we could possibly have. We're not a uh, poor village, so cars get turned over. They have a brand new headquarters from, I guess, probably 10 years ago now. But I think the plus side for me is that you, you get to know everybody in the community, believe it or not, there's over 4,000 people, but people get to know everybody, and um, they certainly develop an affinity for the police department. I was a fairly active guy. I remember one time I had arrested somebody and lost my watch, didn't pay attention to it because I was struggling to put this guy in a car, and I got a call the next day at headquarters by one of the neighbors who said, uh, tell Betts I have his watch because it fell off his hand or wrist, and, and we picked it up, and he didn't even know it was gone. But they called me uh, to, you know, come get the watch, which I thought was kind of nice. So you, you get to know a lot of people, and, and uh, because it's such a small place, you can recognize when things are out of the ordinary and, and that kind of stuff. So it's it's pretty good work in a small job. Now, David, since the pandemic, I'm sh- many more folks have moved out to the Hamptons. So how does that affect the policing? Well, I'm I'm sure that they're busier, but the, the growth that we've seen, whereas you used to be able to park anywhere in Southampton Village at just about any time, now you have to go around the block and try and find a place to park. So, And, you know, they've adjusted for the food supply and all that. So it's just a lot more people. Real estate went up. Everybody's buying everything. So it, it's a big influx of people, no question about it. And with the remote work setup, some people aren't going back. They can do all their work out in the Hamptons or, or you know, the North Fork even, same thing. A day, getting, getting back to policing issues, you have the um, Shinnecock Nation as your neighbor, which is an independent nation, I understand. What are the relations between that nation and the village of Southampton? Well, so you, you are correct. It's an independent uh nation. Uh, It borders the western portion of Southampton Village by a small piece. We don't patrol there. We've gone there to assist the state police. It's traditionally their their police agency. It's another kind of like a, I'll call it a nation, but it's a a small area that has, I think, around 600 inhabitants. They've got a lot of things that they do there. They've got churches and stores and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's no real issue for anybody. I mean, it's it's a community, and uh, we just don't patrol it. We don't have the jurisdiction. A member of that nation is arrested in the village? Are they treated like a foreign nation, a person from a foreign nation, or are they treated like anybody else? They're treated like everybody else. So the fact that they're an independent nation doesn't impact on their uh, their treatment in the uh, the Southampton Village Police Department? No, they, they're not. They, they don't claim diplomatic immunity or anything like that. It, right. if, they're, if they do something wrong and it ends up with an appearance ticket or a traffic ticket, it's normal business. Can you tell us about one of your strangest or most exciting or interesting cases that you worked on? I was the detective sergeant for almost 10 years, so I, I was involved in just about every kind of case you could imagine. There are two that come to mind. One was uh, the death of Vitas Gerolitis 
He was a uh, great tennis player, and he died of carbon monoxide poisoning in one of the beachfront houses. And that was an example of we ended up getting the county involved because there was some question as to who was going to be charged, if anybody was going to be charged. And it turned out that that was a simple situation where they had put the pool heater in, and instead of taking the exhaust from the pool heater out of the building, they left it inside the building. So every time the pool heater went on, carbon monoxide went through the went through the building. That that was one of them, but it was a collaborative effort between us and the county, and we did indict the pool heater installer. He was found guilt, uh, not guilty, rather, uh, at the end of uh, the trial. And the other one I had, which was probably a little more high profile, was a uh, local doctor that was um, doing some research in Eugene, Oregon, with his wife about the uh, mature female and and sexual activity. And uh, he ended up getting arrested out there. And um, when he came back, his entire life was in disarray because everybody was shunning him and it was just a crazy situation. But he ended up uh, committing suicide and uh, was all sort of tied into his life going you know, downhill and everything. And, and he was one of those people that was in, in every single club, uh, very well regarded and uh, pretty wealthy. He ended up committing suicide. But Dave, you're also the chair of Southampton Town GOP Committee. Uh, what's your view on, um, on the upcoming elections, particularly relating to um, law enforcement, national and local and state? So as I come from law enforcement, I probably have a different view than the average person. I can tell you that the people that are going to be winning elections as we move forward, I think, are people that are going to be supporting law enforcement. And it's not just supporting law enforcement, because when you support law enforcement, you're taking care of society. And as an example, uh, this fellow in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, I think his name is, if I was still in law enforcement, I'd be pretty unhappy that everything seems to be knocked down from felony to misdemeanor and people getting released and all that kind of stuff. I think that's a problem. And I think that the winners of the upcoming elections will be pro-law enforcement, uh, we, we had a local politician that put a uh, Black Lives Matter flag and organized a Black Lives Matter parade in the village of Southampton. And everybody gets to protest and their marches. But what I'm seeing is you have to be more pro-law enforcement because it's not, it's not working the way they think it's working. We have a brand new district attorney, Ray Tierney, very experienced guy. In fact, he either worked in Brooklyn or the Bronx, I think Brooklyn, and he was elected recently uh, to be the Suffolk County District Attorney. He's all law enforcement. He's pro-law enforcement, and he's a very sharp prosecutor, and things are starting to change. You know, I think that's the focus of all the elections, is about what's happening with law enforcement. People are tired of, you know, uh, this poor Marine... Uh, that was, into, you know, he, he, you know, he got involved in this thing on a train and he was defending people and now he's in trouble. And I, I'm like, why would anybody defend anybody anymore? Because you're going to end up in trouble. I don't know. He's actually a hero. He shouldn't have been indicted. He was indicted because that's what the DA's office does here in New York City. However, he was a hero. You would think that things would start turning around in, in New York City, but it doesn't look like they're really turning around. There's still so many issues like Manhattan. I, I just can't believe that you can be out so quickly if you get arrested for something and before the guys are done with their paperwork. I mean, it's crazy, I think. It's definitely a changing of the times, and it's not a good time. And now that's why we need the politicians, the right politicians, to get into office, city, state, and also national level, mm -hmm. and uh, bring back law enforcement. You know, David, I used to go out to the Hamptons back in the early 80s, mm -hmm. and it was a little different. You had some places like the Body Barn, I think, is still there, and some craziness. It was a lot of fun, though. But now, being out there recently, um, that's changed. I mean, all those bars and, you know, those, those young kid bars were mm -hmm. all done, and I believe uh, it's more residential now. Is that correct? Well, uh, the Body Barn actually was sold. The uh, fellow that was the owner for many, many years passed away. Uh, I'm not sure the status of what they're doing there. There are still plenty of places to go. They just rebuilt. It took them about 
three or four years to rebuild the uh, canoe place in, right on the canal. Was that CPI? Yeah. Years it, ago, that was OBI, right? Um, OBI, CPI? Something like, a nightclub? like that. Yeah. But, but it was, it's been completely redone. And it looks magnificent. It's right on the the Shinnecock Canal. And there are other restaurants that have that have cropped up that are that are um, they're always busy, but not as many clubs that I can see. You know, perhaps out in Montauk, you know, there's a little more of that activity, but uh, still pretty nice. Yeah, nightclubs is gone, I believe. It's more restaurants and bars. Actually, yeah. I was just at a place uh, called Fins and Forks in Hampton Bays on 78 Foster Avenue. It's on Foster Avenue. I think it used to be called Tully's Fish Market right. and it used right. to be a restaurant. Now it's owned by three retired NYPD detectives, and it's called Fins and Forks, and um, it's a good spot, and you should be there. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, I was there when it was Tully, so I'll take a swing by, no question about it. Dave, I think that uh, it was great to have you on the show, and um, hopefully... The election will go your way and will be a big change in law enforcement, particularly in New York State. That's where it's needed. New York State is going backwards in terms of law enforcement. What's really, um, there's, a, there's a bill now to uh, seal records of uh, people who are convicted of most crimes, including murder. Are you aware of that? I, I've heard rumblings about that. What's interesting about that is when they when they went and they, uh, uh, the 58th thing where you can now get all these records and all that kind of stuff. It, it just amazes me that people have to realize at this point that you have to support law enforcement. You know, you have to give them the, the tools, the money, the people. And, you know, I know people that are active NYPD officers, and they're getting solicited from out-of-state agencies, and people are leaving. Senior people are leaving. You know, I, I used to, when I was a young cop, I was an old guy. I don't need to listen to him. But you know what? Time on the job, experience, and 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 that's how people grow when they get to be better cops as far as I'm concerned. you got people leaving after two, three, four, five years, and they're just leaving. You know, exactly, David and Ed, from folks I know on the the job right now, the young kids, they're leaving. When I was a rookie, guys left to become a fireman or Nassau County PD or Suffolk. They were paying more than NYPD. Now kids are just leaving, you know, the rookies are just leaving to leave. I mean, and figure it out after that. They're not going to other police departments or the NY or the fire department or federal agencies. They're just leaving to leave. So, you know, it's interesting. I, I just remembered that uh, this was on my list of things to mention, but remember I said that when in 1980, whenever I took the exam, with 20,000 people took the exam. So this last Suffolk exam that they just let people sign up for, first time ever, they extended the, the uh, sign-up time for an extra two weeks because they had 4,000 people that signed up for the Suffolk PD exam. And now they have about six thousand. When I when I took it, it was twenty thousand. And and you gotta you gotta look at this. I mean, they got you know you got Commissioner Harrison and and, uh, and uh, Anthony Carter out there. You know, when's the last time that you remember in Suffolk County a, a detail they were sitting on this house and th- th- there's a shooting in in a residential neighborhood at a cop. And fortunately, you know, he was injured, but they they were right there and they took care of him and, he, and he's doing better. But nobody wants to be a cop anymore. I mean, what's going to happen? I don't know. It's very true. It's going to be escape from New York. Perhaps. <laughs> it, it already started, believe me. <laughs> well, I feel that Dave is a very interesting fellow and that he's going to go more places beyond police work. David, David Betts from Suffolk County, Southampton Police Department, retired and enjoying life, but still in the game. We appreciate you and thank you for your service. And at this time, I'd like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Cop Talk. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe. And everyone, stay safe out there. Thank you.